Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Daytime for the Nightlife by The Plug. I am your co-host, Scott Simonson, and I'm happy you're here. Personal message, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for giving this a shot. Or if you're a returning audience member, um, thanks for coming back and enjoying the conversation. You may be here because our last episode we, with Isaac and Evans, we briefly discussed the entertainment industry hierarchies. Well, in this episode, we wanted to continue that discussion with one of Milwaukee's more most prolific nighttime entertainment producers. You may be familiar with his work um, from Brew City Base or one of the Milwaukee venues, the Miramar, the Cooperage, or Site 1A. And if you don't know who I'm talking about already, I'm talking about Alex Martinelli, uh, the proprietor of Lex Martin Presents. You can find Lex Martin Presents on any social media at Lex Martin Vibes. That's L E X M A R T I N V I B E S. And you can find his website at lexmartin.net. That being said, in an effort to present the most authentic content, we will be we will be delivering all future episodes with minimal post-production editing. This is our effort to increase accountability and feedback is encouraged. Uh, all feedback will be received at pluggedintotheplug at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, um, please send it there and, and uh, your contact information as we would, we'd like to not only hear from you, but uh, keep in touch. Correction from the last episode, the event F is for funny in Chicago with Michael Isaac, Calvin Evans, Tanisha Rice, M. Brown, Joey Villa Gomez, and the musical performances is not happening on May 5th. I misspoke. It is Saturday. May 4th. So may the 4th be with you at F is for funny. Please go see that show. You will not want to miss out if you are hungry for some laughter or some uh, um, uh, new energy in your tank. F is for funny. You can get tickets at Mahichi.com. That's M-I-H-I-C-H-I.com, which is short for making it happen in Chicago. May 4th going to be a great show. That being said, um, I'd like to do a quick non-paid promotion for a band that is, um, if you don't know them already, it is Sun Squabby. This is a band you should know. Sun Squabby is comprised of three members. And uh, what I, I particularly like about this band is that individually, these, these musicians are absolutely amazing but it is when they perform together that you see them transcend the typical capabilities of an individual um, individual mu- or productions or individual performers. They really do hit a new, a new platform of, of performance together and it can be heard and felt in their, their um, shows. So they're currently in the middle of a tour Look them up, Sunsquabi, that's S-U-N-S-Q-U-A-B-I.com is their website, and then uh, Sunsquabi on all social media platforms. So again, non-paid promotion, we're just a big fan of that that group, and we've, uh, um, uh, we hope you will consider them as well. All right, that being said, let's roll into this episode. We have a great conversation with Alex Martinelli, and uh, really, it's mostly Alex and Regina. They talk a little bit about the hierarchies in, in the industry and why it's important to show consideration to them, as well as some of the perks and drawbacks if you abide or uh, uh, break the unwritten rules. Well, there's also a little philosophical discussion and some... Um, very interesting personal perspectives. So without further ado, Alex Martinelli on Daytime for the Nightlife. I feel nervous and excited. I don't know why. I never, never feel nervous. <laughs> Hope it goes well. It's like a, yeah, nervous anticipation. <laughs> I think we have enough lights on. I don't I think, know. Yeah. I think <laughs> Do you so. see me all right over here? 
feel so comforted with that pain reliever. <laughs> yeah, it's been in here forever. You know, like props for five years. <laughs> yeah, like made that in 2012. <laughs> just took it for granted, always being right there. <laughs> you said something. I was like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's always there. Aww. It will probably always be there. It's so better. There's no reason to take it down. <laughs> <laughs> Unless someone moves in and they're like, take that shit down. I don't. But I don't only believe would have to like it. sell this place first, you know. So like, that'll come down over his dead body. Awesome. <laughs> Good shit. Sweet. Sweet. Are we rolling? We're rolling. Great to have you, man. How you doing today? I'm pretty good. A little overworked, a little tired, but this is probably the highlight of my day, so it's cool. That's awesome, man. <laughs> so describe what work is like for you. What's the day in the life of Alex? Oh, man. Um, so day in the life of Alex, basically it's the same thing seven days a week. Um, wake up and then pretty much start working immediately. Uh, I get the comfort of working from home, and so there really is no work-life balance then, and uh pretty much my only hobby and so i'll pretty much like wake up immediately start checking my emails because there's already going to be 50 of them sitting in my inbox and then uh just start hitting the tasks one by one i'm i have lists like my, my bedroom's just like literally to-do lists everywhere and like trying to keep track of like my thoughts because there's too much going on um you know if, if i have shows that week then it's gonna be a lot of like you know week of marketing um and planning out the you know, specific logistics of the show and then Otherwise, a lot of sending offers, and I do all the graphic design, and I don't know. It's a lot, but it's great. But do I pretty much do that for 10, 12, 13, 14 hours a day, and then when I'm tired, I watch TV for a little bit and go to bed and then repeat. Speaking of TV, what, what shows would you do you go to most? Um, well, so, like, I don't watch that much TV. You know, it, like, I'm not the type of person that has, like, all these TV shows that I watch by any means. Um, so like right now I'm literally just watching like old episodes of Vice News because I, I like it. Um, but otherwise like my, my shows are uh, Westworld, which I think is the greatest TV show to have ever graced American television. And uh, what did you think of the, the season one finale? I thought it was great. That was epic. It was so fantastic. Spoiler alert. Everyone dies. Yeah. Mm. Just, just kill everyone. Yeah. Off. Holy so, crap. So good. I can't wait to see what happens next like that that show i've i've never been so captivated you know week after week i'd be like online like reading spoilers and stuff you know anything i could find i'm the type of person where like i don't mind having it ruined for me if i can have the information now yeah um <laughs> so yeah that show was amazing otherwise like game of thrones that's really the other one that i really liked really now that would be that's that's an, that's been hard to get into yeah why do you think people struggle to get into that as a fan because it's boring for the first four or five episodes when you have no idea what's going on but once you're you know a few seasons in it's like you know everybody and it's all great but that show definitely like i thought westworld made game of thrones seem really like surface level you know it's really just like watching some stories meander you know they're great stories but they're like kind of just stories whereas like westworld like made you think has some deeper issues uh, you know, at hand and yeah Wow, for someone who doesn't watch a lot of TV, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, just two shows. Back <laughs> to the professional side yeah. of things. Um, what does what does your job entail? So, what how would you describe what you do? Totally. All right. So, you know, my my job is basically broken down into two pieces: um, talent buying and event coordination. So, with the talent buying part, that's where I'm actually booking the shows. Event coordination is where I'm actually doing everything that needs to happen to make the show happen without a hitch. Um, which is definitely, you know, the most difficult part. You know, sending offers is fine. It doesn't take that long to write them up. But once you have each show booked, there's so much labor that goes into running just one concert. You know, it's literally, even if it's only 400 people that are going to be there, you're talking, you know, tens and tens and tens and maybe 100, 200 hours of labor just to make it happen. Um, you know, and the goal is, of course, to have the audience – totally unaware of any issues that arise and you know because something something goes wrong with every show whether it's big or small there's always something that happens and so it's my job to make sure that it's immediately fixed and nobody notices and if nobody notices and everybody has a good time then i did my job so you're really uh, partly a solution architect as well <laughs> yes. you gotta plan those out chart them out yeah absolutely that's awesome what was what was one of the big or uh, the most unique obstacles that you were presented with Oh, unique obstacle. Um, 
have to think on that for a little while. It's, I feel like you know every show is unique in its own way. Like literally, no two events feel the same. They all have their own issues. The artists have their own needs and wants. You know, there's going to be unique situations that pop up. Um, you know, I'd say most recently. I don't even know. I just kind of had a loss for words. Yeah, well, how about this? Um, what, what <laughs> editing stories? is perfect. <laughs> Speaking of editing, I'm going to adjust that camera frame perfect. a little bit real quick. Yeah, don't sounds good. Um, well, while she's adjusting the camera, um, maybe this is a better question. What was a uh, the most peculiar writer you had uh, seen? Okay, peculiar writer. Um, so, oh, boy definitely been some really weird ones let me think on that for a sec maybe something kind of recent well so you know there have been a number of artists you know contractually i can't name any artists you know when i'm talking about the writers but you know like one you know a few common things that you'll see on writers um with artists that are maybe a little funnier or, or whatever, you know, they'll like specifically ask for girls on it. You know, four cute Asian girls was like on one of them, you know, which is pretty specific. And, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to provide that. <laughs> like, you're on your own pal. Like, sorry, like, this is weird. Like, um, or likewise, you know, oddly specific things that, you know, like say a, a, a megaphone or, you know, men in costumes or you know just like all kinds of like weird weird things where i like i just can't provide that i'm sorry i've that's heard just, like a clean pair of socks or that's actually on like almost every rider that's <laughs> really? yeah that's not even weird that's just normal because you know you figure these people are on tour like yeah. they can't really do laundry yeah and socks are one of those things you don't want to rewear yeah you know, like when you just played a show and you sweat in your socks like crazy the last thing you want to do is go back to your hotel and put on yesterday's dirty socks you know awesome. like <laughs> that should that should be called the, that's right out of forrest gump that should be the <laughs> yeah, sergeant exactly, yeah, right. clause <laughs> like always always have a pair of clean socks because that's Change the one thing often, you don't yeah. want to get trench rot yep <laughs> Sergeant Dan, no. I just watched that a few weeks ago. It's, yeah. a great movie. it's such a good movie. <laughs> a good Every movie. time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, I miss so much as a child. Like, I'm like, wow. I think one of the things that makes that movie amazing is how it places the story through different historical events. So it, it allows more people to relate to it as yeah. it passes through time. Yeah. Not that I've even been alive for most of those events, yeah. but you know, mm-hmm. like. I know that. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. Jim Crow laws. Watergate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. I guess I have a question. Yeah. Um, what's What's the most common request you get from people? Artists, non-artists, people who want to come to shows? Um, well, so I'd say like the most common request from the audience is outlandish ideas of who we should bring to town. You know, saying something like, let's bring Bass Nectar to the Miramar Theater. You know, the Miramar fits 400 people. Not only would tickets be, you know, $1,000 a piece, but you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. That's not, you know, he respects his fan base too much to play at a venue that tiny when he knows that, you know, there's gonna be 10,000 people in the area that want to see him. Like, that's just not respectful to most of those people. It's one thing to do like an after party at a small venue, but, you know, like, that's just totally unreasonable. And people, you know, they don't, they don't think of that and they just constantly request it. Come on, Alex, let's get space nectar here. And it's like, nah. That's such sorry. an interesting perspective <laughs> that I never would have thought of is that uh, respects his fan base. Yeah. So he knows that more than 400 people will want to see him, and that's why he wouldn't play a small venue. You would think that it's like, oh, no, I'm too big for that, but really it's like, no. Yeah, it's, sometimes <laughs> it's not just about money where it's, you know, I could offer him a million dollars to come play at the Miramar. <laughs> like, he might not take that because it's not necessarily about the money. All these guys are rich when you, you know, get to that level. So it's more about, you know, making the right moves, you know, maintaining your fan base, like doing what's appropriate and, you know, keeping things realistic. Dope. <laughs> my big question i came in i rarely think of questions before the podcast which is probably not a good idea but i do want to ask if there's one thing you could change about the live music scene what would that be oh yeah um i mean this is maybe just specific to our market here in milwaukee but i really wish that people were more willing to try new things you know, it seems like everybody's really stuck in their comfort zone with music for the most part, and they don't want to venture out and, you know, spend $10 to see some act they've never heard of. Even though, like, I promise, like, I only book quality music. You know, everything I book, I listen to, and I'm like, oh, that's good. And so 
you know, I just wish that people were like a little more open to it and, you know, to trying something new because, you know, I think personally, like I like all genres of music. I love all music. Anything that's quality music, I love. Like I think music has a tremendous, you know, power on the human psyche and, you know, the way it can like touch your heart, you know, like that's something like really deep and meaningful. And so I wish that people were just like more open to like experiencing more varieties, you know, like music is somebody's expression of, you know, their soul that they're putting out there as an artist. And it sucks when like they're a great artist, we'll bring them through here and then nobody shows up. And it's like, ah, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I know your music's great. People just don't want to try it, you know? And I'm sure that problem exists in every market, but like in a small market, it's like most obvious because, you know, in Chicago, for example, if you book an artist, you can book pretty much anything and a crowd will show up. They have fans there and they will show up. But in like Milwaukee, they might not have very many fans here and nobody wants to try, you know, they want to go where the party is and, hmm. you know, not just like go check out some good music. Whereas like I have always been the type who are like, I'll go to a show by myself if it looks like it'll be good and I've never seen the artist before. Like that sounds cool to me, but. So as the talent buyer, you would say that it's the the fans that are determinant of what gets booked rather than you being the talent buyer and booking them um yeah kind of you know in bigger cities it's a lot easier as a talent buyer to be a tastemaker and book acts that you know you want to introduce to the people and bring them out um in a smaller market it's a lot more difficult to be a tastemaker because when you book something that nobody knows nobody shows up and then that's the end of it you don't want to book them again because you'll lose money on it again and so you know here i tend to find myself more as you know like a book what the people want you know like I kind of get a vibe for what people are listening to and what's popular in our area and you know it's my job to present that to them and I do my best to book things that are outside of that box as often as is reasonably possible um, so I can still expand the horizons or the horizons of as many people as possible but um, you know at the end of the day it is still a business and you know I can't just like bleed money the whole way <laughs> <laughs> Wow, when you put it that way. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, like any business, there's a marginal threshold of what you, you know how how much risk you can yeah bring it, put out there. What what would you say is your margin when you're like, all right, for the rest of the quarter, I only have to book killer shows. Uh, I mean, so f- I would say for the most part, you know, given the size of our market, I really try to only focus on killer shows that I think will sell out. Gotcha. But and then I'll try to sprinkle in maybe like one out of every five to ten shows something that you know is iffy but I think is really quality and you know ultimately it never works out as planned you know even shows that like you think for sure are going to be a slam dunk sellout more often than not because you were thinking that it's like the universe jinxes you or something yeah and it becomes a struggle to sell that show for some reason like for example if there was a festival the weekend beforehand that had all of those artists there on the lineup or you know like Things Not like that, that, that just happen. happened yes. last week or anything. <laughs> Golf Lost Lands. Um, but yeah, so like you literally never know. Like when you book a show six months in advance, it's like, yeah, this is really popular and everybody's asking for it right now. This should be great. And it's it usually seems to turn out the more sure I am that it's going to do well, the more likely it is I'm going to have to really work to sell it out. And I don't know. It's a, it's, I feel like it's a lesson that the universe is trying to teach me or something, you know. And <laughs> so quality, I guess. Wow, I'm going to need to do a lot of editing on this one. Okay, no, so no, no, but I have a question. Then sorry. don't take the mic. Go I'm for sorry. it. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so take us back a little bit. Um, before you were throwing shows, before you were Mr. Business. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Business. <laughs> what got you into live music? What was your very first concert ever? So my very first concert ever was Chumbawamba at Summerfest. <laughs> <laughs> And Why? it was awesome. Did you get knocked down? <laughs> and I got back up again. <laughs> I was like, you know, 10 years old or something. And that was like the first, you know, concert that like I really wanted to see the artist. And like, you know, my parents brought me there. And it was, you know, like Summerfest, there's always too many people there, in my opinion, you know. And like, even as a 10 year old there, I was like, you know, kind of bummed out that we were standing in the very furthest back and could barely see them and but it was awesome and I was like that's great and then I think like kind of right around that same time um my family like went to a wedding and I like tore up the dance floor and that was when I discovered that like I love like live music and like 
getting down to live music and there's just like something really liberating about that and so then like from there you know I never really realized that like music was a passion of mine for the next you know 10 years or something um and then like late college or maybe right after college was when I kind of started going to a lot of like shows in Milwaukee like regularly like every weekend um and that was you know I joined like street team for react when they started operating milwaukee and and i realized that like the music industry is like something special like there's really nothing else like it in the world um you know there's truly no business like show business everybody that works in the music industry is really fascinating passionate people that are like there because they have like the same like deep-seated understanding that music is incredible um, and so, yeah, like I just kind of like was doing the promoting thing and then I like started running the street team and then started taking on more and more tasks, taking like graphic design and all these like logistics things and started running the shows. And then eventually it all kind of came to head where I started booking the shows. And now like I love what I do. Like I can work 12 plus hours a day, seven days a week without really any problem. You know, it stresses me out. It's a super stressful job overall and like pretty overwhelming at times. But, you know, I really don't have any other hobbies for the most part because I really like what I do and I'll just like wake up and start and do it until I sleep and just keep going and yeah you're so right that um this industry is like nothing else then once it has you like once it once you're interested in it oh good yes. luck like good luck trying like anything else trying a exactly. real job yeah good luck. you're gonna turn this into a real job and exactly. then that's your life from now on everybody I've met in the music industry you know you can tell they're a lifer. Like, nobody's going to be like, well, you know, talent buying is fun. I think I'm just going to go, you know, be an accountant. Now. Right? Time you to know, do finance. <laughs> yeah, like, that's not happening. Once you're in it, it's great. You know, and it, it's definitely because of how cool the music industry is, it's very difficult to break into it, whether as an artist or a promoter or an agent or whatever, um, you know, because everybody thinks they want to be in the music industry. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to prove yourself by working a lot. For free. For free for <laughs> years you know and no matter what role it is that you're going for that's how it's going to be um but once you know you've proven yourself it's like the whole industry kind of accepts you and you know you're free to like do stuff not to be distracted <laughs> so distracted a little distracted <laughs> that's sweet though oh brother <laughs> well that's legit i mean that that's cool yeah. i'm i'm so jacked by this episode like just this is <sighs> what, a, what a would advice would you give to someone who is interested in getting into it into uh, the industry? So I would say, you know, be comfortable with the fact that you're gonna have to start from the bottom. You know, a lot of people like they don't want to start at the bottom. They wanna like, you know, Alex, I I wanna, you know, learn talent buying. Like just you know, get me into it. And it's like everybody that is doing this role had to start from the bottom and like you do too. That's like how you learn the ins and outs of the industry and how you learn you know how things operate and you know what roles there are and all that like you really have to do it and then you have to stick with it you know because everybody will you know not everybody but you know a lot of people will think they want to be involved and then when it really comes down to it it's like they don't want to put forth the time and the effort and then they flake out and you know i'd say the music industry is full of probably like a 90 percent flake, flake out rate, rate. Yeah, yeah like it's bad you know but you know, it's because everybody thinks the music industry is awesome. And it is, but, like, it's a lot of work. You know, I, I genuinely work a ton. If I, you know, did the math and figure out, you know, in terms of, like, dollars per hour that I'm making, it's probably, like, $1.50 an hour or something. But, you know, I, I'm happy as a clam doing it, so it's great. <laughs> yeah, you work 80 to do, so you don't have to do the 40, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like you need to get slapped in the face and get back up again, like, enough times. Because yeah. that's one thing that I've noticed just from doing the various things I've done in this world is, like, you get slapped in the face constantly. Like, that's all it is, is yeah. especially when you're drawing attention to yourself for whatever reason. Yeah. People are coming over just to slap you in the yeah, face, Yeah, absolutely. You know? They, like, don't like to see your success. Yeah, uh-uh. <laughs> They're going to let you know somehow. <laughs> that's very true. Work against you. Right. <laughs> I have a question. What, uh, how often, hmm, how do I phrase this? This is not my finest question hour, but your answers are so clutch. Nah, like, this, is, this is quality. <laughs> Whatever. Stop, Scott. I like to think I'm pretty articulate. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> um, how, when you're reaching out to people, have you usually interacted with them before, or is 
is most of your work done based on your existing connections or are you often introducing yourself? Um, I would say for the most part, it's kind of connections that I already have. Um, you know, in terms of like booking music, it's a lot of the same agents, um, you know, and sometimes I'll step outside of that, but it'll kind of be like, I don't know, like, I guess agents will somehow get my email address and reach out to me, which makes it easier. So I don't have to like introduce myself to too many people. Um, but otherwise, really, honestly, like most shows, it seems like particularly in Milwaukee and Milwaukee's interests, I they seem to all really be represented by like the same handful of agents. And so I, you know, pretty much just stick with them. And like, do, you, do you work with any artists that don't have agents? Uh, or is that kind of like a strict uh, you're not taking yourself seriously? No, I mean, like I'd, I'd be totally open to it. But it seems like, you know, somebody, an agent out there will swoop in and grab up any quality artist you know, once they're big enough to make that worth their while. Um, you know, I think, I don't know what agents are paid, but it's probably, you know, like a 10% commission or something. And so, it, you know, the artist needs to make enough money where that 10% makes sense for the agent. But, you know, so I would say for the most part, like, I only ever book artists, like, as far as headliners go, that have agents by virtue of that. But, like, you know, obviously all of the local talent that we book usually has no agent, uh, maybe some kind of manager or something. But, um, but as soon as they kind of reach that next level somebody's representing them do you ever get starstruck yeah um i wonder what the last so you know it's weird because like i don't really listen to like i don't want to say i don't listen to the music that i book but like for example dubstep like i book a lot of dubstep i love dubstep but like i don't sit around and listen to dubstep all day you know like that's just it's inappropriate for most situations <laughs> party music and you know it's just like it's not and so you know i bring a ton of those artists and so i'm not like usually starstruck by them you know it's just like yeah it's this guy cool and like you know we had flux pavilion here last year i was pretty starstruck with him um but otherwise you know a lot of the other artists then that like i get starstruck by are you know like autograph for example like i love them or rufus du soul um all shows that you know i don't even think those ones sold out but to me i was like this is incredible like they're here this right now this is why like, you do it yeah it. like i love this music and like i love to be able to book the shows that that i love you know where when i see that like oh rufus Dussol is going on tour like i i'll book that i don't care if i lose money I, you know they're great and um and so it's usually like those acts then that you know i i really am starstruck for but i you know maintain a totally professional demeanor during the show like mm -hmm. like for, with flux pavilion i like barely said anything to him because i like you know didn't i'm not trying to like talk Fan his boy. ear off yeah like that's a, <laughs> so a bad like look to be on tour. <laughs> yeah like, so you know just leave him alone and just act like it's no big deal just <laughs> a bad look. Funny. we recently <laughs> went to a russ liquid show and uh, we got an interview and i totally lost my ability to interview i was like uh, <laughs> Was there obstacles or was it easy? <laughs> like, at one point, I but even gave like, a great answer. To yeah, that. he did. He gave. A great it was like, answer. yeah, the big, the worst thing is that everyone wants me to play off the Purple album. Yeah. But no one knows that that album, all my records for that, burned down in the fire. <gasps> in fire That's yeah. why I moved <gasps> to New Orleans and started the Rust Whoa. Liquid Test. Wow. Like, it's crazy. That's so a crazy story. Like, yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's like, even though it's it's a lot of it is time and place too. Mm -hmm. If you just show up which is a lot of the time the right hard time. part. Yeah. We, it was a three-hour drive to get to Urbana. Canopy but, Club. Ah, I've never uh, been there before. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I've always heard good Staff things. Staff is interesting. Marketing manager's a douche. I'm just <laughs> 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 Sorry, bro. It <laughs> <laughs> gave us a hard time, yeah. but well, I don't know. We're, we're happy. I'm slowly learning that you need to speak to people in advance. You need to plan this out. I've mm. sprung this shit on people <laughs> way too many times. Totally. To where, and then people will ask me, they're like, so who gave you the go ahead to do this? And I'm like, me. Part <laughs> <laughs> they're like, no, <laughs> not okay. Yeah. Part of that, um, you have to start from the bottom yeah. mentality. Like everyone wants to reaffirm that um, yeah. with the, with the, the establishment of the hierarchy. The hierarchy. Yep. Yep. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> I get it. But still, man. <laughs> I said I'm, and then sometimes I'll go into these long, like, extended things about, how, like, I'm a person, and I'm allowed to be in this space right <laughs> here, right now, and I'm not hurting anybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, no, you got to email the manager. I'm like, oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, next time. <laughs> what about this time? <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. So now I guess, I yeah, now I know, and no more surprise, surprise pop-up 
uh, interviews. I Maybe had this... just fewer. Don't yeah. say no. You yeah, know, exactly. Don't rule anything out. Because but... <laughs> sometimes that, those are great. And exactly. sometimes you like catch it's... people at the right time. Sometimes the emails don't work out. Exactly. Sometimes it so doesn't you, go as planned. You got to still keep that you know, yeah, in the back pocket. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? You're here? We have all of our equipment here. We just happen to have let's it just, all right over here. Just... Just... <laughs> no problem. Studio in a box. Five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. what, what, was there anything when you were younger, like real young, that you wanted to be that was outside of the music industry? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I feel like my my peak childhood years where, like, you kind of choose, like, you know, what you want to do with your life was, like, kind of right during, like, the Jurassic Park, you know, explosion that took over this country. And so, like, I really wanted to be, like, an archaeologist or something or, you know, something along those lines. I was like, kind of really into, like indiana jones at the time too you know so like i thought like that kind of thing would be cool um and then like as i got a little bit older you know i moved past the dinosaur interest uh i was like super into computers and like computer programming like spent like my middle and high school years like pretty much just like in front of a computer working on all kinds of stuff um hence the graphic design uh, well yeah actually so that was kind of separate like I, I i taught myself photoshop back in like seventh grade um because i was like I was like really active in like Diablo 2 and actually I just started playing it again. Um, you can find me on US East if anybody wants to play. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like I played a lot of that and I was like on some forums or whatever and like I'd make like like graphics for people like they'd have these little like signature graphics on their every post and like I, I, I don't know, I wanted, you know, internet clout. So I like <laughs> downloaded uh, Photoshop completely legally and uh, <laughs> taught myself to use it and started making things for people and like now like like, I've never taken a, a graphic design class or anything, but, like, I make all of our artwork, all of our event flyers, all of our social media graphics. Like, I do all of that. Which is awesome, which, we have to say. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I love that. Like, I, I I, could probably pay somebody else to do it, but that's, like, my only real creative outlet. And so, like, I love it. You know, I, I really don't want to have to give it to anybody mm -hmm. else yet because um, otherwise there really isn't anything else in my life other than, like, you know, Excel spreadsheets that I can really <laughs> be creative with, which I am. I am an Excel nerd. Like, that's, that's that, that actually goes into my next question. How do you stay organized with your booking pipeline, with your just a normal schedule and the things you want to do? Totally. Um, so I would say my life is a mixture of scraps of paper with little lists written on them and um, Excel. Uh, and I pretty much, like, like my roommates know I make spreadsheets for everything like and they're like they're good spreadsheets they're quality stuff <laughs> design wise they look great and they really organize information very well um and so yeah like that's kind of it like like the little scraps of paper everywhere you know that that's a little messy but it works the system's been working so far <laughs> but um yeah it's it's difficult though cuz like at any given time like I probably have right now as we speak 75 80 unread emails in my inbox and it's like that every day like i can respond to 50 of them but you know by the time the next day comes there'll already be at least 50 more to have to take their take their place and uh you know it's not they're not simple emails where i can just be like yes or no you know it's like they all need like answers or some kind of spreadsheet attached or you know it's like serious With stuff dates and yeah and so it's like, like it's really hard to juggle a billion things at once but I manage. <laughs> but I need, like, you know, I don't know, some kind of personal assistant someday yeah. or something to be like, Alex, your 3 o'clock is here. Because, <laughs> like, for example, with this today, I had totally forgotten about until last night. <laughs> well, good, good. Yeah, I was supposed to reach out the day before. I reached out this morning. Yeah, I remembered last night, so it was all good. I got a talking to about what, what are they called um, when you reach out? Confirmations. Confirmation. Mm, yeah. Confirmations are typically done the day before. <sighs> it's funny because last night I was even going to message you to confirm this, but yeah. I was like, ah, I'm sure they'll be here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cool. You mentioned um, roommates. I think we got to give a shout out to the Miramar yes. Theater for letting us record in here. Yes, it's and in particular, my roommate, Aaron Olson, uh, who owns the Miramar Theater. Um, he's my roommate, and we work together on just about everything in this city. Uh, so he's the man. And then uh, I also live with Derek Rickert photographer marketing guy shout outs to him he does great great video and photo work for artists like all over the country so it sounds like it's a tight-knit club here <laughs> it is yeah it is, we kind of all ended up falling into a house together and 
and now it's like a business house. You I know, bet it helps for like, planning and implementation. Yeah, like unfortunately, you know, Aaron doesn't really work at home um, ever. He really like, you know, works better in an office. Uh, whereas Derek and I are the exact opposite. We work a lot better at home. Like I can, because then I can work forever. You know, it's like there's no limit. I can just I feel really comfortable, and I can literally just sit there and work for 14 hours. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a house of business. We get work done. <laughs> this is a house of business. <laughs> we are learned doctors of music. <laughs> music doctor. Do you ever want to get any advanced degrees in this, or do you feel like your degree came no. from the streets? Yeah, my, my degree came from the streets. Like I, I went to school. I double majored in economics and philosophy, um, both of which you know are ultimately completely useless in what I'm doing. I agree. I'm a full-on <laughs> philosophy major, and, yeah, and the... You know, I, I consider myself well-spoken and well-written, and, you know, that's like, that's it. You yeah, know, my, my logic is really strong. Um, logic is tight. Yeah, and, you know, and so, like, I like I don't regret particularly the philosophy part because it was super interesting. You know, like, that was – I took on that major just because, like, I took one philosophy class. It was like, this is amazing. I didn't know that people could take classes on stuff like this. And I took a few more, and suddenly it was a minor, and I took some more, and it was a major. And so then – but like economics, that was useless. That was I should not have done that. But don't you think it helps you a little bit? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, you know, I I found it really you know personally interesting. So at least there's that. But like mm-hmm. none of the skills you know in terms of you know reading graph charts and you know. Did you learn Excel through that program? No, actually. <laughs> Jeez, economics <laughs> sucks. Yeah, yeah, like it was super interesting, but like for what I'm doing, just 100% useless. Like I'm just carrying a burden of student debt mm-hmm. weight, you know, on me. But otherwise, you know, I don't know. Ultimately, the music industry. It seems like a lot of people, you know, you can do just as well in the music industry if you didn't go to school at all. Not that I'm telling anybody listening that they shouldn't go to college because I think college is great. It's good for the mind, good for the soul. But, you know, the music industry really doesn't require anything as long as you're able to work hard and pay attention and learn and, you know, roll with the punches and all that. You'll do just fine without any degree at all. Though a degree would help, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But not econ and philosophy. But, yeah, not those. (laughs) If I had done anything, I should have, you know, got a degree in, like, business or, like, any kind of, like, business management or marketing or, like – you know, music industry management, um, you know, but oh well. You're doing just fine without it. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm fine The job fine you would wa- want to get is the job that you have. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. Moral of the story, just go for whatever you really want, and if you work hard, you can you can get it. Join the street team. Yeah. <laughs> Join the street team. Don't quit. <laughs> yeah, stick with it. Keep up. Sweet. Any Anything you'd like to plug while you're here? Um. Yeah, so – you know, the, the biggest event that I've ever been involved with is coming up at the end of this month, uh, Freaky Deaky in Milwaukee. Um, it's big Halloween two-day extravaganza um, with Grizz on Friday and Bass Nectar headlining on Saturday. Oh, my God. In Milwaukee? In Milwaukee. And, oh. you know, those guys haven't been here in a while. Like, I think the last time I saw Bass Nectar Milwaukee had to have been 2011. And I think Grizz was maybe like three or four years ago when he did that Grizzmatic show on Halloween. But, yeah, it's going to be really great to have – those artists like, i love those both those guys and and the support for them is all really great musicians as well so it should be really really fun so if you're looking for something to do for halloween milwaukee that's tight <laughs> i heard plaid hawaii's on that bill yeah he is yeah, yeah plaid hawaii is crushing these days um definitely arrive early catch his set he's great um you know the, the live guitar thing that he's doing with his his music it's like really good i think he's really like forward thinking with it um, and of course, the other local then on the show is uh, uh, Artifacts, whom is also crushing it right now. Like I think his sound is so nice. Like his production has just gotten out of control. It's it's so organic and um, you know like rich, soulful music. Um, so yeah, it's great to like have these these local acts that are crushing on the lineup here and with giant names. It's gonna be a fun Halloween. Oh, that's awesome. So cool. So where can people find tickets for that? Um, I believe it's freakydeekyfestival.com. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Google Freaky Deaky. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> you might find something weird. I'm the worst. But <laughs> if our, if our uh, you know, advertising dollars are working correctly, you it shouldn't should find anything up. weird. It should be the first result. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, any acts right now that are really inspiring you? Um, inspiring me. Boy, that's... Uh... It's a heavy question. You know, I, I think, broadly speaking, 
there's a lot of acts right now in multiple genres, including dubstep, that are introducing a live element to their sets, which I think is the future right now. Clutch. Yeah, like, you know, after all these years of, like, you know, predominantly electronic music that's all kind of repetitive and, you know, really lacks, like, that human element because it's all, like, produced behind the scenes and then, you know, played, now it's, you know, artists are working in, like, instruments and vocals and stuff like that into their music and... You know, I think everybody that's doing that is on the right track. Like, that is definitely the next thing. Like, people's ears are excited to hear, like, that live human element added to music again, uh, at least in terms of the electronic stuff. Um, And so, yeah, pretty much everybody that's doing that right now is fire. Totally agree. I think that's what, when I fell in love with music, um, it was the Disco Biscuits side project, Conspirator. Ah, yeah. And Mm. I, at the Majestic Theater lost my shit i swear it's like you can lose yourself in that music and you have that driving beat from the electronic component and then you have that epic guitar and bass and just everything working together and obviously iodo does it really well with that live improvisation oh my god i'm really happy you brought that up because jamtronica is like Mm, yeah that's like uh conspirator i i remember when they were at turner hall back in like 2011 uh-huh. or something 2012 I and like oh drew such a, a good show. For that with colored pencil uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was such a fun night that was mm, conspirator yep yeah, yep they're stuff. still touring are they yeah That's great. wow i should look into them yes it's been please. a while for milwaukee like that would be fun <laughs> that'd be epic oh. do you do do you ever book um bands like that uh so historically not that much um though uh aaron and i did book uh the works um here next month right i think on. next month um and yeah like that's kind of my first you know jump into like jam bands uh definitely like to do a lot more though because that's definitely like an area of music i really like um likewise you know i've been trying to dip into other genres in general so we've got you know some hip-hop stuff i've been trying to do more and more of that but that's pretty hard to book a lot of those artists in milwaukee because they tend to ask for a lot of money and you know, Milwaukee is a small city, and mm-hmm. this is a small venue, and we really can't pay them as much as, you know, they get paid in, like, say, L.A., but they'll be like, oh, well, I was paid, you know, 20 grand in L.A., like, can you do that for me? And, no, I can't, so, um, but, yeah, definitely trying to do more hip-hop, and then we've also got this, like, kind of pop show coming up uh, by Ma- this guy named Max, uh, his full name's, like, Max Schneider, and uh, he's some kind of TV personality making kind of, like, good, catchy pop music, and, you know, um, kind of my partner in crime, Nick Edmonds, uh, this was kind of his discovery, um, and we booked it, and it's actually, like, out of the gate, sold a ton of tickets, and, like, it's crushing right now, and kind of made me realize, like, oh, yeah, pop, like, <laughs> that's a big popular it genre, popular. and, yeah, <laughs> and I do generally like pop music, like, as a goal of mine, you know, I'd like to book, like, all genres, but, like, long-term goal, I would love to, to book, you know, like, giant you know pop and like r&b and you know just the giant acts you know giant genres at you know giant venues um you know doing two giant shows a month you know instead of eight tiny shows a month would be really nice <laughs> really lighten up the workload and do you go to every show uh all of the shows i book yes because mm-hmm. i pretty much i need to be here to like mm-hmm. run it and like i could entrust that to someone else but you know, I feel a lot more comfortable knowing that I'd be the one making the decisions because I trust my decisions and ultimately it is like my money on the line. And so like, you know, I take it, I feel like more seriously than virtually anyone else that could. Wow. So you're legitimately like running it. Yeah. 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 Which it's, it's a lot, you know, like I said, it's a very stressful job and you know, there's a lot on my plate, but I love it. And I wouldn't want it any other way, so it's fine. But so cool. Any <laughs> last questions? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm I'm good. Yeah. Um. Uh, my <coughs> the questions I have are all based around advice on on um for for others, but I think we've covered a lot of that. Um. Quick dive into some philosophical stuff, yeah. real quick. <laughs> I never get a philosophy movie <laughs> show. Yeah. I never yeah. do. Well, maybe, maybe open it up with some Spinoza. Oh, are you familiar? 
I mean, so, you know, I graduated in 2012. It's been a while, So it's yeah. five years now mm-hmm. since, like, I've, you know, been taking notes mm-hmm. and reading books mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'm rusty. But, like, Same. I cool. remember Spinoza But the vaguely, reason why he's tight is yeah. because he replaced the word God with the word universe. Ah, so yes. So basically. Which I think is. Pretty on point. Yeah. You know, so he took, he took all the religious teachings and he, instead of having the word God there, he put universe in it. So saying, like. Like, God makes the decision. It's like the universe makes the decision, you know. And the flip side of that, the reason why he was excommunicated from society was because if uh, God is everything that exists, then nothing exists outside of everything that exists, a.k.a. there is no God. But (laughs) (laughs) probably edit this out because I'm not, like, quick to support atheism on our show yet. (laughs) But but (laughs) you you had said you try to take an agnostic standpoint on politics and all that. Uh, that's I think a likewise healthy, with healthy standpoint with yeah spirituality you For know I sure. I and you know I don't know if you even want to include this part but I mean I'm cool with it if you do um, but you know like I more or less like as a child you know I, I wasn't from like a really you know church going family and so you know my sense of spirituality was you know more stemmed from like science you know I've just always been a man of science and so as a kid I always just considered it you know fanciful superstition um, and you know that was that. Uh, and then as an adult, you know, and having, you know, taken philosophy classes and, you know, read a lot and had various experiences, et cetera, um, you know, I, I feel like I, I took on more of an agnostic view of things where it's like, you know, I don't know, and I can't make that decision. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, most of the world's religions are, you know, they kind of, they're fundamentally correct, but they're like kind of with a weird slant, you know, like, like, you don't need God to be some guy that's watching you. I don't think that makes sense, but I think that God can be some kind of universal process, you know, that it is, you know, that which makes all be and happen and, you know, life be alive, etc. you know, but I think it's, you know, they kind of took it from, like, a symbolic thing to, like, a very literal thing, and that's where a lot of, like, the world's, like, issues tend to arise and Absolutely. conflict and whatnot. So and it's, they did that so that the small minds can comprehend, yeah, oh, exactly. like, like, God, oh, man, you yeah, know, like, he's I watching know me. what like, man is, like, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's why I behave, you know, and so it makes sense why governments and institutions wanted this to yeah, be, it's... you know believed is so people would stay in line exactly and a it's lot a, of p- powerful people it's a great took that. moral code yeah. and rule system to keep people you know in line and acting appropriately and not just doing whatever their most basic desires are telling them to do you know it's makes people more more respectful and respectable um and so yeah i, I just think that you know as we as we're entering the 21st century it seems like you know a shift needs to happen and arguably is happening where people can stop looking at religion so literally and look at it, you know, more symbolically and, you know, take, you know, science, you know, things that we can actually have, you know, proof of um, a little more seriously. And, you know, I think it'll put humans in a better place in the future than if we consider to continue to bicker between each other over, you know, whose God is best, you know, like... Jesus! No Moses! No Jesus! No Moses! (laughs) I don't okay, think Moses was a god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Shit. But yeah, I don't know. I've never read the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. We'll definitely include that spirituality part. Yeah, <laughs> cool. That's, that's, <laughs> um, that's why. I think why this is a medium that's pretty useful and epic is because we can learn about people that we know and a lot of people who are going to be watching this like they probably know you but they don't know that shit they don't really think about stuff on that level yeah no, they don't know I you're an agnostic had, had motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> sweet i'm wrapped yeah sounds cool. good well thanks for tuning in to this episode of the plug be sure to follow us on youtube and twitter and facebook if you haven't already um i don't use twitter so don't don't really worry about that one <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna need a talking to him. <laughs> and that's Keep everything. Rapping. Yeah, that's that's it. Thanks We're, again to the Miramar yeah. Theater for letting us record here again. <laughs> <laughs> They're great, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And and that's everything. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Cool. Wow, what an amazing episode! We are very proud to host this one. Um, 
and and will continue to do so if you haven't been able to tell by now this content or conversation is a bit dated meaning it was recorded over a year ago uh, but i wanted to make sure that it was on the top of our new episodes published in audio format available to you anywhere you can find podcasts meaning apple itunes google podcasts spotify uh, SoundCloud, wherever it is you go to consume content, you can always find us daytime for the nightlife by the plug. And I'm your co-host Scott Simonson. Please feel free to reach out to us on any of the attached social media accounts. Um, and uh, a big shout out goes to everyone who had contributed to this production and more importantly, gave us the grace of the hiatus over uh, over, uh, 2018, uh, that break was well needed and it, it helped us make a baby. It helped us, uh, bring Marley RK Simonson to life. So if you want to see photos of her, please again, visit our social media accounts. I'm sure we've got a couple new photos up. Um, and more importantly, we have additional conversations that will be coming out. Uh, this is one more of the 22 that are outstanding done in the in the bucket or whatever the expression is uh, Stay tuned for the next couple episodes. We are on a race to, to catch up So we can bring you a brand new format. Yes a new format that will that I'm very excited about that will help um, uh, Hit more con- hit more conversations like this and get to the meat and potatoes of those conversations more effectively. We're doing this here for your enjoyment. And uh, if you liked what you heard, if you enjoyed this content, feel free to subscribe. We do invite you. If you want to be shouted out on the next episode, just give us a review on any platform. I will receive it. Uh, If you have feedback or comments, concerns, Send us an email at pluggedintotheplug at gmail. Again, that's pluggedintotheplug at gmail. We are currently accepting new sponsors, so if you are a company or a promotion or an event that is looking to to co-promote, we are here for you. We we are a resource, and are actually our audience members enjoy it because we vet uh, we vet the 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 providers, and because we want to make sure that what we're promoting aligns with what we agree with in our virtues, values, and principles. So that everyone knows if we're bringing you something, it's because we personally believe in it. That being said, we're really grateful for your your patronage. Um, and uh, you, if, you're, if you're ever interested in getting more involved or if you're interested in having the plug at your music event, at your music festival, at your comedy show, or p- to produce an event for you, um, we're here to help you out. Same same place to reach us, plugged into the plug at gmail.com. That's plugged into the plug at gmail.com. We are daytime for the nightlife. You can find us on any platform. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye, folks. <laughs>